right. Welcome to the third episode of the Strange Currencies podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Glenn. How's it going, Matt? It's going. It's going well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, the thought crossed my mind here just a, a minute ago. Actually, you know, we've been recording these things about I don't know a week and a half, two weeks before they actually show up out there into the world. And I would like to to tell future Matt and future Glenn, congratulations. Oh yeah, on on making it through. Yeah, congratulations, future Matt. Yeah, congratulations on living through Trump's America. Oh yeah, all right. That was like a that was like a foreshadowing, like yeah. a, a post foreshadowing. Yeah, you did a good job with that. That's well, a good job, future Matt. Well, yeah, you made it. Well, yeah, good good job, and future Glenn. I, I hope everything is well. Yeah. Um. Hopefully the chuds are. are <laughs> Staying at bay and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, way to go. You made big, it big time. We made it. And you know what? In honor of that, I think this is a, this is a much happier episode. I think there was a little bit more, for, uh, for future Matt and, and future Glenn <laughs> for current Matt and current Glenn. We're still like, yes. what the fuck is going on? But, <laughs> but I, I will say that these five, the top five with Rolling Stone, I am not mad. I am happy that, uh, we are able to do this. Um, but before we dive into these top five, Matt, do we have, do we have like corrections to make? I, I have a correction. It's actually something that you said last time. Oh no. I, I'm ambushing you here. Okay. I, I right. apologize, Fair. but, Fair. um, so in discussing Lauren Hill last time mm-hmm. with a Y, Lauren with a Y, Lauren with a Y, Miss Lauren Hill, Miss Lauren Hill. Right. In discussing the miseducation of Lauren Hill, you assumed old man voice, which you did, you know, really well on a okay. few occasions in that okay. podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But you you said for all the kids who were listening to Nicki Minaj, and do you remember the other artists that that you said? I don't I don't know who else you said. You said Lil Kim. Oh, and I thought that sounded like a little bit off. And I, I looked up on on Rate Your Music. Lil Kim's last album with more than a hundred ratings on Rate Your Music came out in two thousand five. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, I was a little dating myself. Her her commercial peak appears to have been <laughs> actually pre Miseducation of Lauren Hill. <laughs> so Show, shows how much I know. Yeah. Shows yeah. how much. Yeah. There is my. Uh... <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I will take that dual slant, that duly noted um, critique. In an episode in which we were, you know, critiquing boomers, I, right. I just thought that that sounded a little fitting. boomerish. That um, was pretty. I, hey, I will fully admit, I am a middle-aged white guy, and I I have boomer tendencies, and I am open to acknowledging those and learning and and moving forward. That's what I would like to do. I would like to educate myself. Uh, thank you, thank you, Matthew, for yeah. for looking that up. All right, I'm gonna have to go brush up on Lil Kim now. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion. There you go. Okay. All right. I don't even know what no. that is. Oh, stop it. Okay. All right. Well, hey, let's let's tackle episode three. It is time for the top five Rolling Stone. We tackled number six through ten. So if you're just joining us, go back, watch, listen to last episode where we discussed. Uh, Numbers six through ten on Rolling Stone's top ten. There was a little contention there. Yeah. Um, well, let's recap what what ten through six were. So okay. number ten, as we've already uh, alluded to, number ten was the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Right. Both of us are are fans of that record. Yep. I don't know that either of us will put it in our own top ten, but we both it seems Fitting. feel like yeah, yes, it, 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 it makes to sense. It, it it totally you know, no objections. No objection to it being there. 
Uh, number nine, Blood on the Tracks by Bob Dylan, yep. a record that both of us, as as you know, middle aged white men, mm-hmm. love. Yep. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, great great album. You know, we had a little bit of a conversation. Could it have been um, Blonde and Blonde or Highway sixty sure. one? Could May, have, maybe, but, but Blood on the Tracks is great. So as long as Dylan's in there, I'm not complaining. Number eight was Purple Rain mm-hmm. by Prince. Yep. We disagreed a little bit about this one. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but um, but I acknowledge that it's significant. It just felt dated to me, but, mm-hmm. you know, to each his own. It's fine. Y- yeah, and, and I think it's a great album. I wouldn't call it one that I love. It's not an inner circle. I mean, I made the claim that if I'm making a 500 album list, it's going to be in there for yeah. sure, without yep. question. But it's certainly not in my top 10, and I, I suggested other, you know, 80s dated kind of sort of <laughs> pop records that I thought were better. Um, but you know this what? Probably the one. I, I don't one. object to it too now, much. Now seven, being. number seven though. Seven, we had a problem. Yeah, that's the the room, and we probably shouldn't get too much into it because no. I think we're already going to be explicit um, on this podcast. <laughs> if 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 I let Matt talk too much longer about Fleetwood Mac, then we're going to be bleeping and yeah, you know, all that jazz. All right, but then so so rumors was number seven. We Which weren't too happy about that. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. and then number six. Never mind. Never mind. Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah. Okay. Again, you know, um, not one that I would put in my own top 10, but I acknowledge its importance. Um, You know, if you're putting a rock album from the 90s, I guess that one makes sense. Because in terms of, you know, the shifting of the cultural landscape, it probably did more to shift the cultural landscape than something like OK Computer. Right. But OK Computer is a vastly superior record. Mm, all right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Vastly. All right. But anyway, you know, um, we didn't personally have too much objection with... The records, our own top tens would have been different. Yep. With the exception surprise, of rumors. Surprise. Like rumors right. does not no, belong, doesn't belong even in the five hundred, let alone the top ten. Why? Well, okay. Yeah, sure. Glenn. Yeah. Okay. You were a guest in my studio. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. All right. So number number five on Rolling Stones top ten or top, you know, five hundred. Yeah. Number five album of all time is The Lone Selection from the Beatles. Abbey Road. 1969. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you start off on this one because I've got a lot to say. Yeah. All right. I Here's, here's my thought. I think probably a ah, Beatles album needs to be in the top five. I think just the significance of the Beatles. Yes. Um, this is not the one for me. This is this is probably maybe the fourth best Beatles album, if you ask me. Uh, keep and keep so going. This isn't this isn't the one. Uh, uh, um, it's I guess it's iconic. It's got the it, you know it's this is when every uh, the the when everyone hears Beatles, they imagine Abbey Road, the little crosswalk, and the you know the four guys walking across the street. It's like that cultural. Um, point and, and I suppose there's some significance that maybe this is the breakup album. This is like the uh, significant one, and yeah, everybody contributes. There's a piece of each of them on this album uh, that is distinct. But as far as like packages and stories, the Beatles have done better. Absolutely. Um, so you know, full disclosure, I I don't love the Beatles. I adore the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anybody who's following along with a century of song knows that I'm putting probably way, way, way too much yep. Beatles stuff on there. But they're the they're the fucking Beatles. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, th- they are 
there's a reason, um, you know, why they have the place that they do in our pop culture pantheon. Sure. But Abbey Road, um, and look, this this is just coming from a place if I'm making, you know, again, my own 500 list, Abbey Road's obviously on there. It's probably in the top 50. Mm-hmm. But the best Beatles album, um, I I feel like it's at best a distant number five in their catalog. And that's a distant five. I'm even honestly tempted if I'm looking, you know, just objectively as, as you know, their albums as a collection of songs. Magical Mystery Tour, yeah, I think, is, is I, much I, better I than Abbey Road. Ma- and Tour. honestly, I could personally make a case for even, you know, um, A Hard Day's Night being an album that I'd like more than, than Abbey Road. But I'm not talking about those two albums. I'm talking about yeah. Rubber, Soul, Rubber Soul, Revolver, Sergeant Pepper, Pepper yep. and The White, the White album. album. Yep, absolutely. All are just so much better than and Abbey I, Road. And I would even put, now that you mentioned that, I'd even put Magical Mystery Tour ahead of Abbey Road. As a collection of songs, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, its story is a little bit more complicated. I mean, it was an EP in Britain, right. full-length um, album in America. Soundtrack, but, yeah, right, you right. Know, right. Anybody who's grown up in the, you know, post-60s mm-hmm. era has looked at that as, you know, the American know. version right. as being canon. But uh, Abbey Road, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this is an album. I mean, and again, it's a fantastic album. But I, I feel like maybe it's the contrarian in me that just wants to say this is the beginner basic Beatle album. Yeah. But it, it's so different than what makes the other one so great. I mean, it it sounds different. This was their their only album that they recorded with you know solid state technology. It sounds distant, it sounds clinical. There's that just sort of, you know depressing element to this record. Yeah. And I think that's you probably know it. that they yeah, they coming, were at odds with each other. You it, it, you feel that in the music. And if you're a, a you know a Beatle fan, you know the story and I think you probably end up dragging that story into yeah. listening to that album, but it just doesn't brim with that joy of their best stuff. Yeah. Um I, I will say I will say George Harrison is the hero. He is of oh, this yeah. album. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, his two songs are probably, objectively speaking, the two best. I think my favorite part of the album is the, um, you know, the medley on the second half is is really entertaining. It's kind of fun to hear the Beatles sort of like inventing this low key, like guided by voices sort of <laughs> short song fragment thing. Mm-hmm. You're saying no, but <laughs> it's fun. It's them actually doing something different, and and to me, it works really well. Like I look at side A, and you know, I don't love Come Together. It's never been a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, Maxwell Silverhammer, I oh. think, is the worst Beatles song. Oh, it's awful. Like, okay, is their cover of Mr. Moonlight worse? Probably, but Maxwell Silverhammer is just dumb, and it looms really large in the legacy of, like, all of them hated it. They talked about how tedious it was to record it. You're going to make that track three? A children's song about somebody bashing people's heads in. Like, And and then if you didn't have enough, here's another children's song two songs later with Octopus's Garden. Terrible. You know? um, Awful. And, and, you know, even I Want You, people love it. It's fine. I just... These, no, they're, I mean, they're, they're, it's not the those best, two, not even close that, to octopus's, the best that Octopus's Garden and Maxwell's ha- Silverhammer are, are so low for me that like none of the other Beatles albums have that dip. Like there's, uh, there's nothing you can like despise. <laughs> like uh, anyways, whatever. Well, so, yeah. Some people will say that the White Album maybe, but the White Album is intentionally mm-hmm. done in that manner to have those tossed off moments of it. Right. And I mean... 
lately I've been feeling the White Album is maybe my favorite, and just because of that randomness, and it just to me works so much better. And yes, you know, somebody could use my argument against me that you know, yeah. okay, it's there's the a lot of animosity, yeah. they're breaking up at that mm-hmm. point, but there's just such creative tension I think that comes through in the White Album, and there, there's just. Yeah. There's a vibe, as as the kids say, to the White Album that is just non-existent in yeah. Abbey Road. Um, and then uh, the three before it. I mean, Rubber Soul is... Yeah, that one's one... Of, I think Rubber that's Rubber my Soul's favorite to listen to. Perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, I probably listen to Rubber Soul yeah. more than any. Revolver, I mean, come yeah. on. Yep. Th- that is the history of popular music summed up in 35 minutes, up to that point. Like, that 14 songs that are you know nothing like each other. It, it's amazing. It's infinitely better than Abbey Road. And then Sgt. Pepper, if you want to talk about the iconic nature of yep. Abbey Road and the cover and all, Sgt. Pepper, also iconic and much, yep. much better piece of music. Yep. Yeah, so, the concept uh, yeah. of it, yeah. Well, hey, we've been, as, as we've been going through this series, we've uh, added a little uh, little segment, Everyone's a Critic. And uh, and so what we've done is we found our favorite piece of criticism of each of these uh, Rolling Stone top tens. And this one, you've kind of hit on it uh, I just like, I went straight for the dirt. I went to the Rate Your Music um, uh, review section for these because it's glorious. Well, the dirt is really the comment section, but go ahead. Right. Yes. Agreed. And some of these I pulled from the comment section, oh, okay. All right. but, uh, but it's it's much easier to just sort through, you know, bad yeah. reviews. But, uh, and you, na- you kind of talked about this one, um, uh, Fozzy Politic um, gave the album a one and a half star. Um, which, okay. yeah, that's, <laughs> but here's the, here's the, here's the criticism. When Octopus's Garden is the third best track on an album, you know, there's something wrong for all the plaudits it gets. Abbey Road is what it is. The product of a band that should not have been together anymore. Hmm. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I don't agree with Octopus's Garden is definitely not the third, um, <laughs> It's overrated, but you know, it, yeah, I don't a one and a half now. I mean, this is a five star record. Yeah. I mean, but it's also it's not it, the best. That's the best, problem. The fifth and and best again, Beatles let's reiterate: it's not that we hate this album. Oh God, no, no. Right, this is a fantastic album, but the fact that this is the one that you're putting at the top, where there are probably four others that you could include. Hey, yeah, I mean, I, I think about like who would this list be useful for, right? And it's. Yeah. You know, I, I think of myself, you know, we talked in the last episode that, you know, the previous list came to me when I was about 23 and it was really helpful for getting into, you know, some of the, as I call it, 200 level stuff. If somebody, you know, picks this up off of the newsstand, which I don't think people really do, sure. but, you know, so, some kid, you know, who's learning about music is clicking through this thing online and, and they see, oh, this is the best Beatles album. This is where I should start with the Beatles. I think they're getting woefully misguided. Um, uh, you know what? I would challenge that. I think this is fi- a fine place to start. If you want to learn about the Beatles, then sure. I think I think you could you could get that here. You get a sprinkling of of what the Beatles have to offer. This is kind of like the mainstream palatable Beatles, hmm. a- as far as the artistic. You know, and not not that I want to hold your hand. You know, um, meet the Beatles, mm-hmm. but sure, it's fine. It's fine for that. And and again, here here's my alternate reality for you. Question. If Rubber Soul, uh, Hard Day's Night, Sgt. Pepper, all of those other albums, Magical Mystery Tour, Sar- you Revolver, know, Revolver Light album. if those didn't exist and this was the Beatles' sole output, I don't think we would be super upset about this being the number five album. 
I don't think it would have the reputation that it does. Well, if sure, it was sure, sure. Them, but if we were just taking this but. as a as a as a standard, our our basic complaint is not that this is number five, but that, that there are probably other Beatles albums that you should pay attention to before this one. Yeah, several of them. Yeah. All right. Number four. Number four on the Rolling Stone top five hundred albums of all time. Number four is uh, "Songs in the Key of Life." By Stevie Wonder. Oh. Yeah. 1976. Number four, the opus. Um, in, initial thoughts on this one, Matt? Oh, it's a, this is a great album. Yep. Um, I mean, it's it's epic. It, it's one of those <laughs> records that is, uh, you know, just clearly an artist trying to create their magnum opus, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he and he's already established himself as an artist. Oh yeah, like yeah. this is he's already put out four just incredible albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this is he's already a star. This isn't him trying to be. This is him making his art, making his music, and it is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, not only a double album, but a double album with a bonus EP attached to it because he had so many ideas that even two discs couldn't hold them. Yeah, <laughs> that is my. That is my. This is my critique, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate here because, again, I own it on vinyl. Agreed. It is epic. It's fantastic. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. Um, It's long. Mm -hmm. It is long. It is. You have to commit to listen to this. And and the significance of the fact that this is a triple album for all intents and purposes, it's... It's so good. Like there's no, I, I mean, it doesn't really dip. Like you can get to the end of this uh, and it, there are, it's incredible track after. The ballads are great. The the funkiness is great. Maybe there's, maybe my criticism be maybe too many ballads. I'd like to see a little bit more um, up, but my 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 uh, my complaint with it is just that it's long, mm-hmm. and it's it's. Although that's part of what makes it so great is sure. that that, you know, they're not not all of these tracks are necessarily overplayed, so there is something refreshing about them because of that. Um, but there's just so much good in this album. Yeah, I mean the the idea that it's sprawling, which is a you know. If you have a double album that's not sprawling, then you've got a problem. Like you, you know, you need to have that variety and sort of all over the place, and and that is definitely you know done here on uh, on songs in the key of life. I, I think you know it's easy to criticize an album for being too long. Um, you know, I just <laughs> talked about the white album, and there are plenty of people who would say, mm-hmm. "Well, you could trim that down to a single album." I'm mm-hmm. not going to do that. And I don't really want to trim down uh, songs in the key of life to a single album either. Yeah, I would say that you know maybe he could have exercised enough to to get that bonus EP worth of stuff. You know, like I don't trim wanna... down to where then you can get everything onto the two discs because for me, like some of it is not even necessarily the number of songs, but it's some of them like the outros are really really extended. Yeah. on a few of the songs where it's like, all right, you could have shortened you know this one from being eight minutes long to to being five, and then. And here's how great this album is. This is what I thought of when I, you remember back in the day when you ordered Columbia house or, or BMG, like those CD, oh, yeah. and, you I, know, I things. referenced BMG last yeah, week and, and you would get like, you know, you get like three, four albums at a time. Mm-hmm. And like back, like that would often be overwhelming 
right? And it would take you time to actually get to all of them. And I have some of those clusters of, of albums that I got at once that they all kind of bleed together for me. And, and, and none of them really necessarily stand out. Here's the problem. This album for me is three incredible albums at once and none of them really stand out and they are because they're competing with each other. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think that is my problem with it is that, that if these had been spread out, like if he had put three albums, uh, you know, spread them out over a couple of years. So people had time to digest the first 10 tracks like these, all three of these would be like incredible sure. um, together. And you know, I, I, that's how I try to consume uh, songs in the key of life is I'll take a, you know, I'll take disc one and I'll, I'll put the A side on, put the B side on and then just like chew on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of love it when artists do what he's doing on this album and, and sort of just throw everything at the wall at once and, you know, tap into that well of creativity. I mean, the clash did it on yeah, right, back right. to back records. That was the first calling thing. Sandinista. It's like, that was all the right, first thing I thought of was five discs between those right. two. And, and I don't want to trim any of that. I don't want to trim the white album. I don't want to trim, you know, all things must pass. Although I don't know, maybe that uh, instrumental disc isn't. As <laughs> See, but that's the thing. I don't want to trim it either. I just want to be able because <laughs> uh, whatever we're saying, the, we're saying the same thing here. I, yeah, um, well, so I, I do want to talk a little bit about... Um, so I, I very, very much like this album. Um, I'm not going to quite argue this as strongly as I did just uh, a minute ago with the Beatles, but I'm not sure that this is my favorite Stevie Wonder album. Yep. I, um, I went back and yeah, listened to Inner Visions yes. because of... Yeah, because of this. And, and, and I think that's what I'm talking about. If it... I feel like Inner Visions like is is a, a packaged of excellence that that the, you know in, uh, songs in the key of life I'm taken on a desert island no question this is my one of my representations of Stevie but I, I like the double album loophole yeah the loophole you gotta you gotta strategize yeah, you got to. right I'm taking blonde on blonde London calling right you gotta get, get your money's worth if you can only have five you know anyways. Um, yeah, so, well, for me, I think Inner Visions is just a, a much sharper album. Um, to me, I mean, you said that Sons in the Key of Life doesn't dip. I would maybe, you know, if I want to really, really be picky, I could could maybe pick a, a few tracks on there that I think are, are maybe not up to his best standard. But but there's no Octopus's Garden here. No, there's no, no definitely not. Um, you know, but Inner Visions, I mean, that's just a tight album. Uh, I think its highs are better. I mean, Higher Ground and uh, Living for the City. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Songs of the Key of Life has As and Sir Duke. and Oh, Sir Duke. I wish. Oh, yeah, there's so much good stuff. Yeah. He, he was on uh, some kind of a role there yeah. in the mid-70s. Some kind of a... That's, a, uh, that's an understatement there. Yeah. Um, well, hey, everyone is a critic. Surprisingly, surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly. I don't know. I found some... Found some criticism of Stevie Wonder's songs in the key of life. Before you get into that, let me offer up my own critique of it. So, I mean, we talked about the length issue and that that can be a challenge. Um, I feel like, let's be honest, love Stevie Wonder. He can get really, really cheesy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he, he leans into that pretty heavily on songs in the key of life. It's not one of my favorite songs on there, um, but Isn't She Lovely, for instance. It, it's yeah. 
It's kind of sappy. And again, one that goes on way too long as well. With the baby crying. Yeah, you can cut two minutes off of that one and it'd be a better song. (laughs) Um, There's just a lot of cheesiness there. And I think that's part of the reason why I prefer Inner Visions. That's a harder record, it's grittier. Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like it. Has more teeth to it. I can see um, that, and I, I I I take some of that to heart because that's those are the similar concerns I had with Prince. Is that there seems there seem to be some of those over the top moments that I wasn't a big, you know. I can see that here. Totally valid. Totally valid criticism, Mike. I mean, and then we you know all know what Stevie Wonder did after Songs in the Key of Life. You know, this is his last great great album. I know there's some people who who like his. Mm-hmm. 80s work but you know i just called to yeah. say i love it. I, like he he, yeah. he, he kind of really leaned into the cheesy stuff later um you know so i feel like you see a little bit of that creeping in with songs in the key of life i still love this album it, it's a great album but if i i listen to inner visions a lot more okay uh, and it's yep. not just because of the length i just feel like that's my uh that's my ideal version of stevie sure i i mean i'm uh, talking book is fantastic too yeah. uh, um Fulfilling this is final Oof, finale. Yeah. Um, music of my mind. Those, mm. those are all. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and like for me, I think even some of the 60s stuff or early 70s stuff, single wise is even better. I, I think, you know, I made a, I was made a lover mm-hmm. and um, Sign Sealed Deliver. That's probably my Oof, favorite Stevie song. Yeah. I mean. All right. So, well, so I don't know that, that Songs in the Key of Life necessarily represents for me his artistic peak, but it is, like I yeah, said, no, 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 it is. It's it like, is. here is my masterpiece. Here's yeah. my magnum opus. This yep. is what I want no to be question. remembered by. No and question. so yep. I respect that that's, yep. you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, argue with that. Right. Well, but everybody is a critic. Long Dark Blues on Rate Your Music. I found, found this. Um, this, is, this is nice. Sir Duke is royally. Grading. Did you get the pun there, Sir Duke? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like Giant Glasses era Elton John singing the Sesame Street theme over a thin disco beat. Hmm. How do you feel about Sir Duke? I like Sir Duke. I mean, it's on a, a century of song. It, it is, though. It, it's it's a little cheesy. Huh. Um, <laughs> Sesame Street <Green>. theme. <laughs> Giant uh, Glasses era. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a really good song. I like it. Um, yeah, it's and a tribute right. to the recently departed Duke Ellington as well, too, which is right. a nice touch. So. Right. Um, all right, one other uh, one other critique uh, from Rate Your Music. This is Mick Lack, who gave it a one-star review. Mm-hmm. That's just dumb. Yeah, that is dumb. Uh, so, you know, listeners, take this with a grain of salt. Uh, here's what Mick Lack says. If there's one thing I hate in music, it's when it sounds washed down. Songs in the Key of Life sounds like it came out fresh of a dish from a dishwasher after using a disastrous overdose of soap. And with its torturous running time of almost two hours, it feels like I was in there myself. Hmm. Overwashed? I, I mean, again, like I said, it's really polished. Uh, doesn't it have maybe that little kind that of grittiness maybe of... Of something like Henry Visions, but if you give one star to Songs in the Key of Life, sorry, you've lost all credibility. <laughs> you don't get as to a, speak. Yeah, you're. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. I need a break. Yeah, it, it's we're well past time for a break here, so uh, we'll we'll be back in a few.
All right, we're back on the Strange Currencies podcast. Uh, still going through this Rolling Stone top 500, top 10. Matt, this is the top three albums oh. of all, all time. time. According to Rolling Stone, the top three. Um, is there going to be any? Is there going to be any disagreement here? I don't know. Let's look at number three. Number three. All right. Number three is 1971 Joni Mitchell Blue. Initial thoughts, Matt. I want your initial thoughts, actually. Okay. I, I, I think you got you look like you have something you want to say. Here. I do have a little bit I want to say. Okay. Um we talked about a little bit about um about different genres the best that they have to offer. If we're talking about what is, if we're going to put these in the top 10 albums, we're saying that this is the best of its kind. This is the best hip hop album. This is the best soul album, uh, R&B, whatever it is. Um, This is the best singer songwriter album. That's a question. Um, Okay, sure. That's my initial thought. Okay, fine. Is it the number three best album of all time? Uh, um, mm. Joni Mitchell, no question, is the Bob Dylan, the female Bob Dylan. Her writing artistry is impressive, is deep, it's rich. Uh, it's a great album. It's five star. No question. It is probably the best singer songwriter. album. Uh, is it number three? I don't know. That kind of surprised me when I initially saw it. That was my initial impression. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wasn't expecting it this high. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, what were ratings the first time around. And I don't know where blue was. On that last list, I'm kind of looking for it in that issue as I'm talking. Which I mean, I was even I, I was even thinking, you know, when I you know when this first came out and the the initial criticism was, yeah, there's a lot of white dudes in rock in the in Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stone first. issue, not yeah, not yeah, not blue. Right, right. The first Rolling Stone issue, and so then I'm like, yeah, right. What are the albums we need to include? And and yeah, Lauren Hill. Uh, Joni Mitchell is definitely in that conversation of when we talk about representation, what needs to be up here. Um, you know, but like, you know, I think of Carol King tapestry. I think of Kate Bush. You don't like tapestry. Uh Oh, I don't dislike it, but blue is way better. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I just, yes. I, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that, that, uh, Patty Smith needs to be here instead. Although, you know. Uh, or that um, Kate Bush or, you know, any number of... So, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, so uh, Blue, I, I just found, uh, was number 30 on the 2012 list, which was mostly unchanged from the 2003 one. So, you know, it, it's a pretty good-sized jump. The The critique of that first list, you know, again, which had five Beatles albums in the top 14, right, right. four in the top 10, <laughs> yeah. was that it was a little bit heavy towards, you know, 60s rock and, yeah. and white men and, mm-hmm. and all. So um, as an act of representation, I have absolutely no problem with Blue being here. 
Um, it's a fantastic album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great. It album. is one of the best singer songwriter albums. I, I'd put it. You know, it for me, it's really close between Blue and Blood on the Tracks, which mm-hmm. we talked about yeah, last right. week. Is very similar kinds of records. Um, we had had you know talked about, or I had mentioned that there weren't a whole lot of albums that were similar to each other in this top ten. This and Blood on these, the Tracks. These would no be question. the exceptions. Yeah, yep. Blue, Blue and Blood on the Tracks. And then when you think about that, you know, Blue comes four years before. It's kind of at the forefront, really, of that whole confessional singer-songwriter mm-hmm. thing of the, the 1970s, which, you know, Dylan was late to the game on. Well, isn't, isn't Tangled Up in Blue? Isn't that, isn't that track a reference to Joni Mitchell? If it is, uh, then cool. I, I don't know. I, it Maybe. It makes sense. I mean, that's what I, that was, that was the first thing I thought, like... Huh. It, yeah, it might be actually. We'll um, I don't know, um, but yeah, Blue is a, a fantastic album. Um, and, it and, might and I guess be... that's what I'm saying. I think I think Dylan. I think Dylan um, maybe drew from Mitchell. Like I think there was a there was definitely some inspiration here. But I think they are very complementary. These this is the this is the strength of that genre for sure. sure. Well, I mean, last week you mentioned that question of uh, you know. Your your quote on the everybody's a critic on Blood on the Tracks was something along sad the lines. Sad boy with guitar. Well, sad, sad boy yeah. with guitar, and and you said you know are we more predisposed to like that album because we're we're in its targets dem- target demographic, mm-hmm. and you said you know would you feel the same way if you were a middle aged woman about rumors? Mm-hmm. And I said you know probably something along the lines of fuck no because <laughs> rumors sucks, uh-huh. but I might feel that way about Blue. Like to me, Blue yeah. is is. On that same level, it's a phenomenal record. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you mentioned some other female artists, uh, "Horses" by Patti Smith. Mm-hmm. Does that maybe belong there? Uh, "Hounds of Love" by by Kate Bush. I think it's a, a valid question. I think "Blue" is as good as either of those. Yeah, no, agreed. And when I when I you know, we're, step we're back splitting hairs. Like they're they're all are, you know, we're totally splitting hairs. And like even the more like I was even thinking. Highs and lows of this album, no like lows. I, 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 there's no lows. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm just I'm stopping you before <laughs> you make a dumb statement because yeah, every song <laughs> this like the lowest song on the lowest rating for a song on rate your music is the last time I saw Richard, which is like <laughs> devastating. So, uh, like yeah, blue is is right, and, and I guess and I guess what I'm saying I guess what I'm saying is is is. We're splitting hairs. This is an incredible album. Uh, if I had to critique something, I don't. I think that there is kind of a bit of the um, the typical reaction, gut reaction I have to um, sad guy with guitar, sad girl with guitar, um, sappy love. Uh, you know, is there is there some of that here? Maybe, mm-hmm. but it's but it's 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 nuanced though. That's oh, what's yeah. so. Um, yeah, I suppose you could do sad girl with guitar poorly. This is not done poorly. Absolutely not. Uh, no, I mean, you, you brought up that question last week as I was going on and on and on about blood on the tracks of, is this just sad guy with guitar? Mm-hmm. And my response was, no, this is our best wordsmith, you know, putting it all out there. It's not just sad boy with guitar. Joni Mitchell's blue is not just sad girl with guitar. This right. is a phenomenal artistic talent at the top of her game, um, this is not just some sort of run of the mill. I'm down, and I'm going to share all of my deep feelings. Yeah, but she's she's singing all these songs about 
James Taylor and like other random like guys in Greece. Like, and like one, the, one about Leonard Cohen. And right. That's what I'm saying. Like, is so? that all this is? Is this just like breakup songs? And, and it don't, if we're going to talk about the best song, the best albums ever made in, in humanity, like we're talking about like breakup cry songs. That would be my only critique. Is this, is this just sentimentality? Should we be thinking about more important things? She's tapping into the core of human emotion. I mean, this okay. is, this right. is, yeah, no. It, All right. There's no more important thing going well, in matters of the heart. Come on. <laughs> you, you cold... <laughs> Distant. Oh, I mean, yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah, maybe, we maybe. all know what record is coming up next on the list. Okay, okay. We all right, yes, know okay. how you and I both feel yes, about that okay. record. So let's not try to pretend right, that okay. that what Joni Mitchell is doing here is is yeah, of lesser true. value. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Well, but everyone is a critic, Matt. Everyone's a critic. Uh, Hendaya on rate your music again. I'm just going straight for the punches here. Um, I'm sure that some of Joni's singing is so high that only my dog can hear it. He seems to be quite happy when I play this, though. Personally, I found it very bleak and overly sentimental. Cheer up, woman! Smile! Yeah, that's that's really dumb. That is not a good take. No, that that's a really, really poor take. And, and I mean, again, I said she's a phenomenal songwriter. She's a phenomenal singer as well, too. Uh, you know, maybe her voice isn't everybody's cup of tea, but... We had this conversation actually. Yeah, we were talking Dylan. about nuggets right. about Dylan yeah. and how he's such a powerful emotive singer. Yeah. So too is Johnny right. Mitchell. Um, nobody else should be singing those songs. They're hers, and uh, and they they sound amazing. She's yeah. just a great voice. Cheer up, woman! Yeah, really, that's, Hendaya? That's, that's dumb. That's dumb. All right. Oh, I got one more. Um, Nazar Sergejovic. <laughs> Whatever. Oh no. I prefer singers, songwriters who like minor scale. All hail Leonard Cohen. This stuff is too happy for me. One person said, cheer up, woman. One person said, this is too happy. Hmm. Uh, thoughts? How are you going to tell a woman how to feel? <laughs> or or how, how that should be expressed, right. I guess. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, I, these are both really dumb takes. Uh, no minor scale. Leonard Cohen, you take Leonard Cohen over Joni Mitchell? Uh, I mean, Le- Leonard Cohen is great, but I think Blue is a better album than than Songs of Leonard Cohen. I mean, they're both amazing. Yep. They're mm-hmm. they're both, you know, one A and one B of great Canadian singer songwriter albums, I suppose. But uh, I do love I, I I do the the thing that you know digging deeper um, this time around preparing for this episode. And, you know, I've been trying to listen to both all of these albums, you know, three, four, five times. Um, <laughs> Songs in the Key of Life. Was, yeah, that must have taken the last it was, two yes, weeks. Yes, I have been nonstop. But, like, coming back to... Re- job there, right? <laughs> but coming back and reappreciating uh, and digging deeper into this album, I mean, there is there is so much good here. And even the things that I initially, you know... Um, you know, you're like a case of wine. I could drink you where on the surf, a case of a few more times, I guess. Well, (laughs) you, you get the, I get, I get the on the nose reference, but the more that you dig it at it and let it kind of soak in there, there are layers there. And she's saying important things that you, it's a knife and fork thing. It's not that surfacey, um, you know, sad girl with guitar it is it is poetry it's deep 
I mean, and it's like, even like this thing, the thought of her journey and writing this from uh, having left the, the United States uh, or left Canada and uh, left the West and going to, um, you know, going to Europe and, and I guess she's on the Grecian Isles as she's writing, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of these songs are about this um, this relationship she has while she's there. Th- this whole longing for like wanting to get away, but then because of we're sick of what's happening with with the way culture is going and wanting to run away from that, you know, that sentiment, you know, especially we're talking about Trump and politics and that like, I just want to move, I just want to get away. Um, but then there's something powerful about coming back. I mean, when you see this as another level, this isn't just about petty relationships, no. uh, that, that this is that human back and forth with um, what's good about humanity. <laughs> what is What are those things that, man, we hate it, but we keep coming back for more and you know, there's tolerance there. Yeah, it's it's deep. It's good. Oh, there's such incredible depth. I yep. mean, yes, a lot of them are, are straight up relationship songs, but then you have something like, you know, Little Green, which is about her, you know, giving a child up for adoption. You don't hear that a whole lot in pop music, you know, and like, <laughs> what is the, you know, likelihood that something like that had really been written before um, and that kind of expression. And, and then and we, we, we've talked about all these songs. We haven't even talked about the best one, River, which oh, is just yes. devastating. Yeah. Such a great song. I'm going to start um, adding that to every uh, Christmas playlist now. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like my... Like, Happy, happy, uh, yeah. happy holidays at the Glen household. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, hey, sometimes we need that. We need that. Just let's just all the feels. Uh, okay, Matt. I think it's time for another break. It's time for a break, especially because I got to warm up. Because I mean, yep, yeah, we, we know what's coming up next. Yep. We are back, Strange Currencies podcast, uh, working our way through the Rolling Stone top 500 albums of all time. We have reached number two. Number two, Matt, 1966, The Beach Boys, Pet Sounds. I'm just going to... We don't actually hear it playing in the background right now, but by the time this goes, you know, out, I think you it, should, it'll be playing in the. Background. I don't think you should have it playing in the background. You should just like let it, just the silence and just the. <sighs> okay, now play it. There's something. I this album. Oh my goodness, it's beautiful in every way. Yeah, this is. Uh, 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 I can't stop. Uh, and again, I. Sure, okay, whatever. I'm middle-aged, white guy, old dude. Uh, whenever any of my, like, high school students, you know, I'm a teacher, when any of them, like, challenge me, I say whatever. I dismiss them. I say Beach Boys, Pet Sounds is the best album ever created, period. Better than anything the Beatles have done. Done. And, you know, likes to rile them up. But this, for me, this is album number one. It's unbelievable. Yes. 
perfect. Yeah. It, it, you just said the right word. It is perfect. I, yeah, I, I can't disagree um, at all. This is this is the best album ever made. Um, I know I just said that like it's uh, you know an objective thing, but <laughs> it is. I, I will I will fight you. I will fight you. You're, you're not gonna have to fight me because okay. I, I agree. Uh, and yes, it's weird that we have a a podcast with two dudes talking about music, and we both agree that. It's mm-hmm. the best album ever, but my God, this album is so it's, good. It is on, so good. on every the production, the the art, the new the the lyrics. Uh, there is human emotion. There is it taps into the uh, conscience. Um, so okay, so here's my question: uh, are are we just are we just middle aged white guys? We are, but I don't. I mean, I loved this album as a young white guy too. I heard Pet Sounds for the first time at uh, the age of nineteen. Um, I I once I, I felt like I kind of tapped into a good way of describing it for myself. I, I once referred to the first time I heard Pet Sounds. It was like seeing a primary color that I had mm. never seen with my own eyes in the first twenty years of my life. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it was like, holy shit, blue exists? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, there, there's no adjective there, there's, I can throw out here that, that is capable of... Okay, so let me let me talk about some of, of um, my favorite things about this album. The Just the orchestration of it. Oh, the, yeah. the composition, the arrangement, it, all of these are intricate, beautiful... Like master, like everything is thoughtfully placed. Every every beat, every uh, vibraphone or xylophone click, every clippity clop, every shaker, every everything is thoughtful, is mindful, and they're pop songs. Well, you're right. Everything is thoughtful, but it does not even sound remotely labored either. Yeah. It, like, and that's the thing. You can hear records where it sounds like somebody is deliberately trying to make a masterpiece, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. a masterpiece is created by that kind of effort, right? But Pet Sounds just, it, it is just sounds so Effortless. effortlessly mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't give a rat's ass about music theory, even though I've spent you know, most of my life as a musician. You know, the compositional complexity of this album is, is on a completely different level than anything else in the pop world. And yet at the same time, it's pop music. Yeah. yeah. It's accessible. It's, I mean, yeah. And, and, and even thinking about... Um, even beyond that, like it, the, it's a concept album, mm-hmm. uh, that, that is this, this story, this coming of age story that I think is personal and human, but I think it's also about a nation. I think this speaks to, um, society, this idea, you know, especially considering their story and, you know, a lot of people write off the Beach Boys. It's, you know, surfing USA and, you know, I, I get around. And I think a lot of people get turned off by that. And, you know, ha- talk about a misnomer. Mm-hmm. Um, these are not the Beach Boys. Uh, like, I mean, yes, they're the Beach Boys. But but this this is not that um, tongue-in-cheek surf music. No. Um, uh, this is art. 
and so I think that's I think that's what's significant about this is this is that that statement of yeah maybe maybe as a nation there's here we are as juveniles or under or or, or naive or uh, overly simplistic or whatever but at some point you know as we realize the the significance of what's happening around us here we are in the late 60s um, there is this desire for more than that just you know whatever sappy um music of the past uh, you know for them you know this is their coming of it well and i say them this is brian wilson yes yeah, so yeah this is a let's brian be clear wilson. yeah and so brian wilson is like pouring his heart out here and i think it's very representative of again i'm a I'm middle-aged white guy, but I feel like this tells the story of America at that time in the sixties of what is happening. Um, sure. you know, there is this, there is this maturing that needs to happen. There's a maturing, there's a disillusionment. There's a, a, you know, some people, you know, might refer to it as a loss of innocence or whatever. Um, which is, you know, just beautifully symbolized all throughout this record. I mean, very clearly in, in its final track, uh, Caroline, no, but, and it's subtle. Yeah. And it's, it's not heavy handed. Right, right. I mean, are there a few lines that are kind of dorky? Sure. But that's the Beach Boys, you know? <laughs> well, um, and that's because, and that's part of the story. That's yeah. telling that story of, yeah, we, we're Beach Boys, but, you know, yeah, at some point. we men. Well, something. Well, one um, of them, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, God, it's such a good album that even Mike Love doesn't fuck it up. <laughs> like, you, you had to say his name. Yeah, um, the guy who didn't want this album to even come out because he's such a fucking idiot. You know <laughs> what was his initial reaction when he came back? Because okay, just for those You're who don't know with the formula, <laughs> for those who don't know, this is the problem. Beach Boys are off. They're singing. Uh, you know, they, Japan, they're, they're in Japan. When they're they're in Japan. They're it. singing. Um, you know, f- f- uh, Little Deuce Coop and you know Surfing USA in Japan. And Brian Wilson is in the studio and he's making this. A masterpiece. And, and they come back and he shows them what he's been working on while they're out playing county fairs, singing, wearing matching surf shirts. And and Mike Love's reaction? Mike Love says, you're fucking with the formula. Ugh. And the yeah. formula is what cars and yeah, cars childhood and, and which uh, again, those like, songs are great. Like I love the early Beach Boys stuff, I really do. But you know, it, it, th- this is a different level. This was art, and Mike Love wasn't ready for art. Yeah, and it's he unfortunate that he money. got it. He got the ability to put his name on this thing <laughs> because it got this is yeah. just such an, a phenomenal record. It it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, and I agree better than anything the Beatles ever did. Um, hey, it, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been said that, um, Sergeant Peppers was an attempt to sure. yeah. meet this and, you and know, it didn't great, great uh, as it is, uh-huh. it, it comes up behind it somewhere. All right, Matt, I, <sighs> whatever you say, Glenn, isn't going to hurt me. All okay. right. Because right. whatever you say is coming from somebody who just, doesn't know shit if they <laughs> if they don't love this album. I'm sorry. Right, Any well, of you out there listening critic. to this, and if you don't love pet sounds, you can stop listening to Strange Currencies because I really don't care. Or, uh, I know there's only like dad, three people listening. Dad, dad, I'll keep listening. Yeah, right, whatever, so so will my mom. So. All right. Uh, well, everyone is a critic, including Fire Dog. Fire Dog. Right. Uh huh. Who gave away. it a half star? Oh yeah. I'm just, old, of just course. To piss you off, I think. Um, calls it. 
old people music. Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Fire uh, Dog knows what's up. Um, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, while you're talking about this, I'm going to look up Fire Dog's Rate Your Music Profile. Oh, dear. Brian Wilson doesn't really sound that good lyrically, honestly. He sounds like he's just really young and immature. Maybe it's good for people who are young and immature, but for anyone who's past the seventh grade, these lyrics are subpar. Thank the Lord people are forgetting about the Beach Boys. They were important to the development of rock, but the Model T was important to the development of cars. Does that mean we should all be driving Model Ts? No, because they're outdated, and people have taken the ideas and made them much, much better. Same applies to this album. Sometimes I think that I'm not listening to the same album everyone else is here. Because to me, this sounds very, very dated. Like, sure, your grandpa still listens to it, but why the hell should you? This is lush, atmospheric, and sentimental. If by that you mean there's more instruments than there needs to be, then yeah. This is why rock died. Not because there wasn't anywhere to go, but because we were still hanging on to the music we needed to leave in the past and move on from. I feel like we gave Fire Dog way too much airtime just yeah, yeah, by so reading I, this. So I looked up Fire Dog on Rate Your Music. His most recent rating. All right, are you ready for this, Glenn? Uh-huh. His most recent rating, he gave a five-star rating to CeeLo Green's single, <laughs> Fuck You. <laughs> Fitting. Yeah. So I I will tell fire dog, (laughs) fuck you. Doesn't, he just doesn't get it. That's the, I think that's the point is he doesn't get it. All of those criticisms that he's pointing to here is the point of this album. Uh, This is that, that's the point. That's what the beach boys are rejecting here is that old people's music. And that this is a dude dated. I mean, I don't know. I listen to it. It still holds up for me. Like yeah, yeah. today, I, I don't see that. I mean, I, I get the, I, um, I can hear that dated, um, you know, with Prince, but I don't hear it with, um, I don't hear it with this. I don't know. Well, a little more on Fire Dog. Um, <laughs> oh no, you've already given him too much. Well, he, he gave Fetch, and I'm assuming he, because, you know, yeah. Uh, he gave uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple a three-star review. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably one of the guys who is the reason why the, Comment section on that particular album is shut down. Um, oh, Stevie no. Wonder's ful- fulfilling this is first finale. He gave a one and a half star. Okay, all right, it, done. So, so fire, fire dog, no. if you're listening, um, uh. which I can assume that you are, um, <laughs> if you're listening, uh, fire dog, aka Big Papa. Uh, are you trying um, to dox him now? For a, for yeah, a well, music? I don't even know what that means, but uh. fire dog, sorry, man, um, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Half star. Half star. All right. Well, <clears throat> Matt, it's time. And, 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 and for as much as we gushed about the Beach Boys um, uh, being the number two album of all time, which it was in the last Rolling Stone as well. Number two. Yeah, it yeah. was number two as well. Um, uh, th- I, I'm not really going to, I'm not really going to gripe too much. Well, hold hold number- on one minute though. We're, we're not done yet with Pet Sounds. Oh, Okay. We didn't talk about the cover. Oh. <laughs> and the fact that Dennis okay. Wilson isn't actually okay. feeding anything on the cover of okay. it. But you know, uh, to me, this sounds like uh, time for another episode of Sound and Vision. Time for Sound and Vision.
All right, Fire Dog. I'll bet you hate David Bowie too because you got no soul. All right, uh, it's time for sound and vision. In this um, segment of the Strange Currencies podcast, we discuss the aesthetic, the visual aesthetics mm-hmm. of an album using the illustrious career of David Bowie as a rating scale. The highest marks one can receive in the sound of vision, visual aesthetics of an album is low. Low. That's the best David Bowie album uh, we've decided. Uh, and so then, conversely, the worst rating, Sound and Vision. Never Let Me Down. <sighs> All right. And then uh, yeah, we do have a, a comfortable middle ground, which we're okay with it. Mm. Uh, we don't love it. We're not repulsed by it. And that is Let's Dance. Let's Dance. Okay. Um, <sighs> Number five album, um, Abbey Road. Um, oh, uh, uh, low. Yeah, yep, low. yeah, it's low. Yep. Um, iconic. I, I don't love the way they're dressed. I'm, I'm nitpicking here. You know, John Lennon and the whole white. I'm a. Yeah, no, know. they're all symbolic though. Like they're all they all have something to say in them. Uh, the like the fact that uh, George is saying I'm wearing jeans. <laughs> and Paul's saying I'm wearing a, a shirt that needs or a suit that you know needs to be pressed, and I'm not wearing shoes. And by the way, I'm really dead because you know all the. <sighs> Beetle Death Clue okay, stuff. Whatever, whatever. It, it, but it's iconic, yes. sure. Yeah, it, it's low. All right, num- low for sure. Number four. Uh, songs in the Key of Life. Songs in the Key of Life. Yeah. Um, I don't love it. Just Dance for me. Just Dance. Yeah, um, no, let's Dance. Is let's, sorry, what did I say? Just Dance. Just dance. Is, that, is that that video game? <laughs> you know what? totally is all right oh my gosh i actually Let's dance. i i it's it's all right it's it's um it's recognizable it's Ooh, it's got it that um that f- the fire uh, is it fire is that fire it's like a yeah you know fire. um while you're speaking i'm actually really quickly trying to pull up something from a comment on strange currencies yeah here we go this is my favorite critique critique of the um cover art for songs in the key of life this comes from uh, Jack, uh, a regular Strange Currencies contributor, uh-huh. um, he says, I've never been able to see that Stevie Wonder album cover and not think of the time that newscaster broadcasted her colonoscopy procedure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. never let me down, maybe only for that imagery. Oh, thanks, Jack. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... I'm, I'm going to stick with Let's Dance just because it's Stevie. Yeah. If not for that comment by Jack, right, it would be right, a Let's right, Dance right. for me, too. See, I think maybe there is. Maybe there's some womb imagery there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's kaleidoscopic. This is... No, All right. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Blue. Uh, blue. Uh, low. Yeah. Yep. Great album cover. Uh, it speaks to the vibe. It feels like a. It feels like a Blue Note album cover. Kinda, like the, just yeah. that the, Thanks, yeah. the imagery. The it's beautiful. It's yep. art. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's low. Um. Pet sounds. Pet sounds. Never let me down. Are you fucking I, serious? I hate it. I hate it. I don't like it. It's dude. Okay. I. I, I <laughs> it's there. Pet sounds like it's it's feeding. It's feeding all of the formula. It's feeding all of those people who don't get it. It's like, it's on the nose. It's pet sounds. We're going to feed goats. It, no. For the subtlety and the nuance Never of this album. Never let me down. Yes. They, they had 
So much opportunity here to say something. Pretentious. Uh, and so okay. a lighthearted okay. cover. Okay. Plus, I mean, the Cooper Black font is, is really, really well utilized there. I love the green and yellow color scheme. Oh, I love the color scheme. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, okay. The, My only problem is that fucking Mike Love is on the cover, <laughs> and a guy who didn't want the album to be released in the first place. And he does so he, look all, like, disdainful. I, well, it, it, well, and you can really totally tell that he's bald, uh, balding at the age of 26 <laughs> or whatever he would have been. Which maybe that actually gives it a bump up. Yeah, and uh, the fact that Dennis Wilson is feeding nothing. He's holding out food for, right, for a non-existent... Right. <laughs> animal um i love it uh low uh, okay right. absolutely i mean look this is my favorite album of all time it's yeah. my favorite yeah. piece of Same. art of right. all time i just gushed over it but saw but no it, okay. it's low it, I, I like the color and, scheme and, and again, I like it's the, an album whose yeah the album cover the album quality the the quality of the music pulls it from what might be a, a let's dance to a to a low for me and again, those elements have become iconic. The the goofiness of the photo, the the font, the color scheme, it's 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 low. Yeah. All right. Well, this is our chance then to introduce the number one album of all time. Uh, an album whose cover I'm also going to give a low. Yeah, I, I low. So Absolutely. so yep. so this is now five lows and one so no, sorry, four lows and one I was kind of never let me down on on Songs in the Key oh, of songs Life. In the key of life. Okay. You, you were okay. Let's Dance. Uh-huh. I know we didn't totally agree on uh, on Pet Sounds either, That's but okay. but uh, yeah, this is low for me. But yeah, this, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. Um, so so I, I will say I will say all five of these um, albums have been immortalized in the pixel art uh, album art wall. Nice. Um, and and you know I had to do Pet Sounds first just because it was yeah. you know um, Pet Sounds. But but yeah, no, I did Songs in the Key of Life pretty early and mm-hmm. like the, the circular the colonoscopy yeah. vibe on it and. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I, I suppose we should probably now introduce what that uh, possessor of the low-rating album cover is. Rolling Stones' number one album, Glenn, is... Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it, the Do we have to talk about... Let's. All right, we're still sound envisioning, so the cover uh, is fantastic. Absolutely, it it yeah. is raining. Yep. But you know what? I don't care. Yeah. I'm above give a it. Fuck. I am above it. Yep. I am beyond. I am so far ahead. I can see through the clouds. I can see what's on the other side. It's brilliant. It is inspiring. It is Superman pose. Let's go. Yeah. Um, all in an authentic human way. Yep. Um, how can you not like Marvin Gaye? Like, how can you not? I, yes, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, the album, <sighs> yes. Uh, my initial takes. I, this is in my top five all-time albums, no question. Okay. Uh, this is just about right rating. I'm not going to overrate it. Um, it, it. Well, okay. With my penchant for the Beach Boys, sure. I might flip flop these. But like, no. This one is is absolutely significant. It's important. It's um, beautifully written. It is great to listen to. Perfect length. It's like everything is there for me. I can get. I can get some. Maybe some of the. Um, uh, some of there's maybe a little bit of elements of cheese, kind of like that you were mentioning with. Uh, there, there's like ten seconds in the middle of the album that I don't love, but uh, it's it's otherwise pretty much perfect. Yeah. Right. Uh, 
what 10 seconds is that, Glenn? Do you know? Uh, no. Wait. The, the, the Save the Babies. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, sure. I, maybe it's only just because the whole, like, Save the Children thing, which he also yeah. says a couple times has been sort of co-opted by the, you know, QAnon bullshit, but... That that part, I mean, look, an album this good, we're like fighting to find something to complain about. Yeah, yes. this, this is a Absolutely. masterpiece through Absolutely. and through. Um, I I have no problem with it being where it is on this list. Yep, it, it's not my favorite album of all time. We just discussed mm-hmm. my favorite album of all time, mm-hmm. but this is a this is a phenomenal record. It's so good. Yeah, so good. Um, I, I, I don't even, I don't think there's any low points. No. There's not, there's, uh, I love it so much. Yeah. It, it's so good. Um, an instrumental mix of this album, same with the one that we just talked about, mm-hmm. Pet Sounds, yeah, yeah, an yeah. Instrumental, instrumental mix of either of those records, um, you know, alone is just amazing. And then you put those voices on top of it and... Yeah, it's just just so good. Yeah. It's such a timely record. Uh, you know what's going on, mm-hmm. so perfectly suited to its moment. Um, you know, it, it's commentary on Vietnam, on mm-hmm. race relations, on the environmental catastrophe. It, just such a an important record that is so perfectly executed. Um, and. You know, Jim Jamerson on the bass. I know you're a bass player, Glenn, so jeez. Uh, the orchestration, the mm-hmm. backing vocals. Uh, talk about amazing. The last, like, 30 seconds of uh, Mercy, Mercy Me. Just the the backing vocals, which are mostly Mellotron, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, just so, so good. Um, so great. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure Fire Dog doesn't like it. I'm Probably. Ooh, we need to look it up. No, uh, some... We're done with him. <laughs> yeah, this... I mean, this album is largely responsible for why I keep going back to just soul records in general. Yeah. Like, this makes me want to listen to more. Uh, you know, this is this is why I like um, Lauren Hill. Why I like a lot of the neo soul stuff is because it it gives me Marvin Gaye vibes. Like, if a, if an album gives me reminds me of this then it's done something it's done a service for me so like i i just going back this is absolutely the best soul album um uh for me of its kind so yeah well and that, that was a conversation we had quite a bit last week is you know in the top 10 we're basically saying this album is the best of its kind mm-hmm. and i would agree uh i i do think that this is the best soul album uh, of all time i yeah yeah, I mean, part part of me wants to say Curtis Mayfield's self-titled mm-hmm. or solo debut, but I, I, th- this I mean, this album is so so good. Uh, Stevie it's Wonder, perfect. Songs of the Key of Life. I mean, it's got some of those elements. It's a little more funky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I love that album too. I just, uh, you know, yeah. What's going on is yeah, it is it's it perfect. is perfect. I love Curtis Mayfield too, and, and a lot of those, uh, you know, a lot of those artists, I I get turned on to because of. Um, this, this is where it comes from. And, yeah. um, yep. No question. Yeah. Uh, so does it belong in the top 10? Of course. Number one, I've got no problem with it there. I've got my own kind of thoughts. You know, we talked about that this list was an attempt to really sort of overcorrect some issues with the last list. Um, the fact that you've got 
you know, four Beatles records in the top 10 of the 2012 or 2003 mm-hmm. list. And clearly they were trying to say, we want to sort of redefine the canon. Mm-hmm. We're not knocking any mm-hmm. albums out of it per se, but we want to give a different perspective to yep. look at. I feel like this was sort of almost their inevitable choice for number one. Yeah. Just given the political climate of today, uh, this album just stays eternally relevant. Frustratingly so that, you know, you can listen to what's going on in 2021 now yeah. and be like, all right, 50 years later, this album still just super relevant. makes a whole lot of sense. Yep. And it still sounds, you know, prophetic. Yep. And uh, so to me, it's like, yeah, I, I absolutely see why this record, you know, was placed number one on the list. Uh, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I hate to throw a wrench in this. Um, but I'm going to because Bring it on, every, fire dog. everyone's a critic. It's not Fire Dog. It's Marshmallow Man. Oh, okay. Is that? I mean, yeah, maybe no, it's a, I was Marshmallow Man says I was surprised by how much I hated this monotonous, tedious, pointless, talentless torture. The best part of the whole listening experience were the Spotify commercials. Well, so Marshmallow Man's too cheap to even pay for a. Spotify mm-hmm. subscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that tells you a lot, right? Did did he spell marshmallow right? Um, no, did not. Okay, I, I'm looking him up. As uh, I'm no, sure don't. Imagine. I have no. two others. I have two but, others. But no, I, I want to know how does he spell it? M a r s h m e l l o underscore man. I can't even spell right. I know. I was I was marsh monotonous tedious. How do you? This 35-minute album is tedious. I can't Ta- handle it. Talentless? Clearly, Marvin Gaye has no vocal talent or writing talent, you know? Like, that's 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 absurd. Mar- um, Marshmallow Man underscore? Yeah. Search results are none. Oh, maybe he has uh, vanished. Just one, just yeah. Marshmallow underscore, underscore M-A-N. M-A-N. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one and a half stars. Wasn't like a half star. No, I mean, uh, but he liked those Spotify commercials. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, <laughs> hey, here's another one. Dwight Fried. Dwight Fried says it's music for the Cosby Show. What? Well, that's racist. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the problem. That is the problem here because we have another one from my granny. Uh, the record is so sweet that it's infuriating. I just go berserk while listening. Maybe it's the puke-inducing melodies. Maybe the extremely high-pitched wailing and the song Save the Children. Maybe gays don't get terrified by the idea of parenthood. What? Because it's Marvin Gaye? Is that what they're trying to say there? Because they can't conceive while doing Naughty Naughty, but I certainly do, and I say to hell with children... What? What the? Fuck See, that's my problem. This is my critique of of uh, Marvin Gaye haters. Is it? Are they just like ignorant? Is there ignorance? Clearly, is there? Is there just backwards thinking? Oh, I don't like Marvin Gaye. He's gay. Really? Uh, that can't be. It. That I mean, nah. I, uh, this is why. This is why... This is why we can't have nice things. We can't have nice things. This is why comment sections need to go. Ugh. Yeah, that's... That's brutal. That's just disturbing. Oh, my God. All right, I figured out everything I need to. Marshmallow Man has a... uh, 
a list called If I Had a Vinyl Collection. Okay, this is if. <laughs> Not I have a vinyl collection, and here is. This is If I Had a Vinyl Collection. The picture that they have chosen for this is, are you ready, Glenn? Uh, Eagles Greatest Hits, Volume 2. Of course. Because of it's course. such great cover uh-huh. art. That is, um, yeah. that you, you just got to have that up on your wall to uh-huh. let people know how you don't like Marvin Gaye, but you love the Eagles Greatest Hits, Volume 2. <laughs> so Marshmallow Man, if you're listening, which again, uh-huh. I, I'm assuming that you are, Go listen to the Eagles instead. Yes. Um, we're, we're not. That'll be fine. Friend. Nobody's going to yeah, care. I, we won't miss you. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, Matt, um, here's one thing that we need to do with this Rolling Stone top 10. This Rolling Stone top 10, because they care so much about our opinion, um, they need our editing help. So Strange Currencies has graciously decided to reorganize the top 10 for Rolling Stone. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, and we're going to do that right after this break. We are back on the Strange Currencies podcast, and uh, to wrap this episode up, uh, or to bring this two two, two episode series, uh, yeah, right. this is a this is a story arc here. We need to start thinking about what we're going to do next. Okay, but before we look ahead, we we, we, we got some plans here. Yeah, how are we going to do this? Are you going to do your top ten, and then I do mine, or are we each going to say here's our number ten, mm-hmm. and then here's my number nine? How about? Uh, Yes, let's do it backwards like that because that's how I wrote mine. Oh yeah, I, we had to do it backwards. Yeah, I had to do it backwards. I had to, I had to basically say which ones I liked the least. That was easy. Yeah, number ten is Fleetwood Mac. Rumors. Well, sure, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, all right. I, I'm gonna. How about I give you my 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 number ten? You give me your number ten. Let's do it that way. All right. Yeah, rumors. Rumors, yeah. It, it doesn't even doesn't belong, belong on, the on list. this list. It doesn't belong in a 500. It's dumb. Um, if you like it, please seek out help. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. There's you could do a, you could do so much better. Yes. You're not you're not hopeless, but you're drifting that way if you love rumors. Yep. Not good. Not good. Uh, number nine. Number nine for me. I it, know what your number nine is. Yeah, you do. Purple Rain. Yep, Purple Rain. It's actually mine as well, too, okay. even though we established in the last yep. episode. See, um, again, I think we're splitting hairs on these once we get up a little bit. but We are. Um, you know, like I said, I think I like Purple Rain quite a bit more than you do. Um, if I'm making a 500, it, it's certainly there. Uh, it's a great album, but, you know, I don't love using that phrase dated, but if there's an album on this list that just sounds more like a product of its time than any other... This is probably the one, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it being number nine, but still acknowledging that this is a fantastic album. It's it's leagues ahead of rumors, at least. Yeah, for sure. Number eight. Go ahead. And uh, Nirvana. Never mind. Okay. We're uh, we're slightly off here. Uh, I I went with Miseducation of Lauryn Hill mm. at number eight. Um, a great album again, though. Uh, it just. 
this is one that I came to, I think, a lot later, perhaps. And so maybe I just don't have that same personal connection with mm-hmm. it that I do some of the, mm-hmm. the ones that are higher up on the list. Uh, but it, it's, yeah, it's a great album. All right, what's your number eight then? You have Lauren Hill, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so my number seven is Stevie Wonder. Oh, okay. Songs in the Key of Life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're That's just, a little surprising. Yeah, it's the length. It's the length for me. And, and where, again, we're splitting hairs. It's the number seven album of all time. No. Yeah. Rearranging their top 10. Rearranging. Okay. But yeah, by the way, um, well, we'll talk about that at the end. All right. Um, yeah, my number seven is Nevermind. Okay. Super, super important to me. Uh, as a kid growing up, I can't say that I pull it out a whole lot these days, but. It's super important. I yep. think it's a great album, yep. but uh, but yeah. All right, six. Num- number six, uh, <laughs> Abbey Road. Abbey Road. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I and, and for me, this is. Um, I, I think a Beatles song, a Beatles album, needs to be in the top five. But yeah. it, I'm I'm upset with Rolling Stone yeah. for making me have to do this. You you, you done fucked up, All Rolling right. Stone. Yeah, they messed it up big time. By the way, this episode is uh, you know on the last one I had to really decide if I was going to mark it as explicit <laughs> on Anchor. And I, and I, just I ultimately did. This one... <laughs> for sure. You know, like within 30 seconds, like, yeah, I, this I blame it on explicit. I blame it on Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, Fleetwood mm-hmm. Mac is really what has turned this... You know, it, you know we, we, we have a segment called Heroes and Villains, though. How are we not going to get explicit when we're letting Mike Love yeah. into this uh, yeah. fair? Or when we're also letting Fire Dog have a say. Uh, yeah, that's true. It's gonna it's gonna bring up the worst in us yeah. in us, Matt. Yeah. Comment sections, man. Uh, so now we're to the top five. All right, number uh, five. I had to put Lauren Hill number five. Okay. Yeah, I'm that. I was okay with that. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, I went with Songs in the Key of Life at okay. number five. Again, I I think I probably prefer Inner Visions, um, but yeah, um, great album still. Yep. Number five. Um, number four. Uh, Joni Mitchell, Blue. Yep, that, that's where I've got it as yep. well, too. Um, yeah, I think we're in. Great, great, great Lots record. Yeah. Um, I, you know, yeah, it is a great, great album. Yeah. I can't I, I can't talk myself out of that. Um, hey, Nor for should no- you try. For number three, I, um, I put Blood on the Tracks. Here. I did, too. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, that was, this was my hardest choice between three and four. Um, there was a part of me that wanted to go with blue at number three and blood on the tracks at number four. But I, I, again, I still feel that stronger personal pull towards blood on the tracks. Um, you know, this that's is when they came like, to me at a much younger age. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I feel that one a little more than I do blue, but they're similar. They're both great. They're both, uh, this is kind of like when you're splitting votes, like there's two great selections for the all-star team from your team and you're kind of splitting the votes. Singer songwriters are represented well here. Um, Glenn, I'm a Phillies fan, so I don't have that particular Oof. problem. All right. All right. Uh, so yeah, that, I think that's the problem here and you could probably even, yeah, I think nah, there it is. Yeah. Number twos. Um, I had to fl- flip them. I just, Marvin Gaye's number two. Yeah. Um, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. Um, not because I don't like it, but no. because I love, we're we're defending what we what we're referring to <laughs> know, as their right? number two albums. Like, oh, you know, it's not that I don't like it. Uh, right, right. Runner up, but you know, look, this is, uh, this is the the day and age we live in, Matt. Yeah. Like, everybody wants to be a winner. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all them liberals and their mm. participation trophies. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, 
Uh, yeah, no question. Number one um, album for me is uh, Beach Voice. Yeah. Pet Sounds. And yeah, it, not even close. Um, you know, whenever I do finally get around to committing to my own record list, album list, mm-hmm. spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Pet Sounds is going to yeah, be number done. one, and yep. Rumors ain't going to be on it. So uh, <laughs> Done. I think everybody can sleep easily now. Uh, you know, that no we fixed our list. That we fixed it. Yeah. All right. Well, well we're going to take one welcome. last break and we will be right back. Another successful uh, episode, I would say, uh, Matt. I I uh, um, I would like. I think it's too early to you know poll our listeners uh, on what what you know what they want us to do next. I might implore and say, hey, you know what what should our next episode be? But then it'd be like I don't know. You know that your both mom. of them would agree. Yeah, yeah. would they, yeah. would they agree? So suffice it to say, we've got some plans. We've got some stuff going on, and you know, yeah. until I, mean, I get stopped in the in the street and and scolded for my pick of multi um, from Nuggets, uh, you know, we got some we got some good stuff coming, and you know. Uh, check out strangecurrenciesmusic.com. Uh, Century Song, it's wrapping up. Yeah? It's getting there, yeah. Getting We're, there. Uh, you know, every Monday now. Um, so I, I decided in the new year that I'd be a little more professional and mm. predictable. Ooh, good for you. And so every Monday, uh, another uh, another 10 until we get to that number one spot. I know a lot of people are guessing uh, as to what it is and nobody mm, knows. Nobody knows. I, I've had a couple of thoughts myself. Yes. So I, we're going to have to... Well, we'll have to address that. We're going to break that. Yeah, we'll, we'll break that down. You can tell me everything podcast. I got wrong. Well, uh, thanks for listening to Strange Currencies Podcast. I'm Glenn. And I'm Matt. Hey, oh.